0: Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 19, honoring your need to be alone. Hello, smart humans. This week, I want to talk about something that comes up a lot in my coaching practice, the need to be alone. And today I'm going to cover how and why the desire to be alone is often stigmatized, especially if you're a woman or identify as a woman, why smart people often need more alone time than average, how to figure out whether you're avoiding social contact because of other issues or just generally want and need to be alone, and how to effectively communicate your need to be alone and to organize it. But first, a little bit of my own story and how much alone time I need and organize in my life and work. And I have to say, from a very young age, I have absolutely loved being alone. I loved to be out by the lake on my own. I used to go there all the time, just go for walks, look at the water, um, just be in nature on my own. Absolutely loved it. I loved to devour books on my own. I was constantly reading when I was outside playing. I loved to go for walks on my own. When I was a little bit older, I actually used to bike um, out to the beach and the dunes on my own. I think even when I was like 13 or 14, I'd just go for hour-long walks there. Absolutely loved it. I loved to study and learn on my own. I never was able to learn in groups. I also didn't have a lot of friends, but still. <laughs> I'm just much better on my own. My parents and teachers were very worried about this very odd behaviour, and they tried to correct it to make it more sociable were constantly telling me to go outside and play with other people to make friends right to not be in my room by myself all the time that it wasn't healthy but this didn't work other than making me feel very bad about myself because I just reverted to being alone as soon as I could and when I became a teenager I actually started traveling alone and I have to say I have never stopped I have been to japan to the us all over europe on my own it is the best and it's also the best thing for my brain for my smart neurodivergent brain every morning except sundays i go to my studio i go for walks on my own and even though i have the most wonderful family i still travel alone as well a lot And of course, I'm not really what other people might consider normal. (laughs) This is just what works for me. For me, it's quote unquote normal to spend maybe 50 or 60 hours a week alone on my own. And if you too are an outlier when it comes to your brain, odds are that you're also an outlier when it comes to the need to be alone. And you may actually be judging yourself for this. And that isn't strange, right? Because the desire to be alone is often stigmatized, especially when it comes to women. And of course, from a biological perspective, historically, being alone is a bad idea, right? Humans are wired to survive in tribes. There is safety in numbers. So the more primitive part of our brain may not like you going off on your own, nor may the people in your social circle. And from a societal perspective, it is definitely discouraged and judged, right? If you want to be alone, there must be something wrong with you. Don't you like people? Then you're not social, you're not well adjusted, etc. Especially if you identify as a woman, because you're supposed to be loving and nurturing and all about connecting, right? That's supposed to nourish you, And of course, for centuries, it simply wasn't safe to be alone as a woman, and it still isn't sometimes, sadly. But even in the 20th and 21st centuries, when living, traveling, spending time as a woman became possible, it was still seen and still is seen as an aberration. Interestingly, men who want to spend lots of time alone are categorized as, for example, adventurers, geniuses, inventors, inventors, spiritual leaders, etc., women? Not so much. I think crazy cat lady is one of the more flattering labels people tend to use for women who want to be alone. I'm not even going to list the others. But even though it's worse for women, men and children who love their own company can get in trouble too. Children who want to be alone, like me, are thought to be emotionally challenged and in need of fixing. People who aren't excited about yes another office outing are obviously poor team players. And if you like to be alone, you may have been told by family, friends, colleagues that you're boring, a spoiled sport, you're not social, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And listen, all of this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just another example of black and white thinking. And if you don't know what that is, check out podcast episodes twelve and thirteen. Basically, the the thought error is that people assume there are only two options: you either like to be around people, or you like to be alone. And of course, this isn't true at all. Nobody wants to be alone all the time. We are still all humans. And nobody, I assume, wants to be surrounded by people all the time. You can write in if I'm wrong about this. (laughs) Um, But the desire to be alone does not mean that you reject all other humans. It just means you do not want to share space and oxygen and like vibes and energy with them all the time. Now, this is where the slippery slope of guilt can come in, especially if you're internalizing all the judgmental voices that you may have heard or are still hearing. And you may be thinking, shouldn't I want to spend more time with my kids, my partner, my colleagues? Is there something deeply wrong with me? No, (laughs) there is something wrong with the way we think about wanting to be alone. Wanting to be alone does not equal rejecting loved ones. It just means that you have a higher than average need to have your own space to think, to feel, to process, to ponder, to recharge. It isn't bad, it isn't good, it's just a neutral fact. So don't beat yourself up for it and don't let other people's opinions and voices get into your head and make you feel guilty. Don't start doubting your relationships. The amount of time you want to spend with someone is not a measure of the amount of love you have for them. And don't ever start doubting your capacity to love and connect with other humans. It has nothing to do with the amount of time you spend alone. Instead, start listening to that voice inside that is asking for alone time and honoring it. It's seriously one of the best things you can do for yourself and your loved ones. Now, why do smart people tend to need more alone time? Well, in my experience, all smart humans, whether they're intro or extroverts, however poorly defined that maybe, <laughs> have higher need to Spend time alone. And if they're also neurodivergent, you can probably multiply that amount by ten. And there's a lot there's lots of reasons why that is. It may be sensory processing sensitivity, right? You may be highly sensitive to sounds other people make. And it's just a desire to sort of be relieved from that. You may have a desire to do deep, meaningful work. You may not be that much interested in or stimulated or nourished by quote-unquote normal conversations. You may have like an incredible amount of effort involved when you're interacting with other humans. If you're autistic like me, um, it may just be draining and take up a lot of energy and you may just want to not do that all the time. You also may have this innate desire that many gifted people have to connect with nature, right? To really sort of immerse yourself in it without the distraction of other people. You may also just need to recharge after socializing however much. You may enjoy that too. And there may be some overstimulation of your mind going on. Um, If you've been with other people a lot, you may be getting so many ideas and so much inspiration that you're being launched into racing thoughts and you want to get a break from that. And there are many, many more reasons why smart people tend to want to be alone. But as you can see, there's two broad categories. There's the desire for undisturbed time, for deep thinking, creativity, making new connections, etc., maybe integrating learning. And there's recovery time that you need because of the way you're wired, which may make interacting with people extra expensive energy-wise. And both are massively important and should be honored. Now, sometimes a client will ask me, "Okay, that's all very nice, but I am not sure whether my desire to be alone stems from an actual need or from avoiding the discomfort that I feel when I'm interacting with other people. As in, I actually would love to spend more time with people, but I'm scared or at least (laughs) uncomfortable about it. So are you using your different brain as an excuse to hide from life? Probably not, right? Um, And it's interesting, your brain can go into catastrophizing, right? If I give in to this desire to be alone, I'm going to end up all alone with no friends and family and so on. Your brain is very good at scaring you with these worst case scenarios, um, which is always good to realize. But second, just note, that this is not, quote unquote, the way you are. This is not a forever fixed scenario. Maybe you really don't need a lot of people in your life right now. Maybe you feel fine with two friends and a partner or two partners and a friend, (laughs) whatever works for you. The most important question you need to ask is, do you feel good about your relationships right now? Do you feel complete, nourished, right? If the answer is yes, then relax and enjoy your life and know that you can always adjust and start interacting with more people if your needs change. Now, this question also sometimes arises when people are trying to force themselves to spend time with friends they don't really enjoy being with. And most smart people have a hard time finding friends they can really relate to. I will talk more about this in a later podcast. So if you'd always rather be alone than spend time with your friends, then maybe it's time to find some new friends. Your need to be alone in this case is actually a need for more interesting people to play with. So go find them. I think at some stage we'll have to host like an international podcast party (laughs) so I can connect all the amazing smart humans listening. Okay, last part. Now that you know that You can honor your need for alone time. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just people having thoughts, right? And you having thoughts. Um, And just start honoring that need instead of judging yourself. So the need to be alone, not wrong, bad. You aren't mad. You don't need to become more socialized unless you want to. But how do you actually make this work? How do you arrange for alone time in a world that isn't really designed for it? Well, it starts with really owning it. Own that you want to spend a weekend away from your family. Own that you love going for walks by yourself. Own that your idea of a perfect evening is curled up in a chair with a book. Own that you need maybe at least an hour a day to decompress after work, even if you share your life with other small and large humans. And then, where necessary and applicable, communicate this need clearly and simply. Do not beg, do not manipulate, do not plead, do not do the passive aggressive thing. Simply ask for what you want. For example, I want to spend an hour alone in the shed, attic or park every other day. How can we make that work? Or I want to go away for a weekend to do some deep thinking, sleeping, creating. Which weekend would work best? And A lot of my clients think their loved ones will be upset when they start claiming more alone time. And generally, they are always wrong because the people in your life are usually very relieved that you're finally being honest with them and telling them what you really want instead of people pleasing. Will you sometimes need to compromise? Of course, that's life. But it's so much better to ask for what you need and getting at least part of it than pretending that there's no need at all and getting very grumpy And resentful. So start claiming and owning and luxuriating in your alone time without guilt. And please join me in normalizing the need to be alone, especially for smart women. It's not pathological, it's a healthy, beautiful thing. Carve out alone time for your beautiful brain and help others do the same. Have an amazing week with as much alone time as you need. And if you would like help with claiming alone time and setting boundaries so you can thrive, then get in touch. I can help. Thank you for listening to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast. I love that at the time of recording this, there are listeners in 58 countries. I am waving at all of you. Love you so much and see you next week. Bye bye. Hey, smart human, You're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at org slash brain map. So that's org slash brainmap. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind.